Did you know, Jordan, that we're living through the most prosperous times in American history? (laughs) So prosperous, in fact, that we can't put goods on the shelves in stores because people have so much money that they're buying everything too quickly. And there's so many people working that they can't put stuff on the shelves. Uh, you know, uh, (laughs) I'm speechless. It makes perfectly good sense if you just think about it. There's so many people working and there's so much money being made that no goods are being produced. Where did you hear this? Oh, just from the White House press secretary. I listen to her every morning. Okay. No wonder you're always so happy and positive. <laughs> so well-adjusted mentally. Yeah, I have a pillow with her face embroidered on it. Oh, geez. Next to my Fauci one. Okay. <laughs> the mascots of the apocalypse. <laughs> so, no, I have a confession to make. I've been uh, avoiding news media since Sunday. So, th- I know that's not very long. We're recording on a Tuesday morning here, about midday, October 19th, 2021. Yeah, it's it's raining outside. And I literally have avoided all of my favorite news outlets and the ones that I don't like, that I frequent. You probably have had a couple of good days then. It's like maybe the last, what would that be? It's noon, maybe we're approaching 40 hours maybe getting close to 48 pretty soon I'll have, do you feel have, scared no i feel a little weird like i wonder wonder what's going on with inflation or <laughs> that thing they call the coronavirus or uh I, I keep thinking man are we in a massive drought or what we keep getting all this rain and rain upon rain yeah I just want to stop the program for one second, Bobby, and I'd like to thank the people in charge for the rain. Yeah, they they deserve thanks. They deserve some thanks because there's been a lot of rain. Governor Cox must have been uh, behaving well because we've we've had our clouds seeded and it's been raining a lot. It's been out of the ordinary, I think. If you've lived in Utah for many years, you'd have to say this has been an above-average rainy season since July, since about the time we started, quote, praying for rain right. and vaccines. Um, I, I we, never prayed for either of those things. People have been praying for you, Bobby, <laughs> praying that I you would get the vaccine, <laughs> praying <laughs> that you would vaccinate you and your whole family and everyone around you. Well, we're still, uh, we'll keep, keep, keep sending those prayers up. By the way, we need to get some... <clears throat> We need to get some thoughts and prayers up for uh, one of the most prominent uh, Utahns, as 
as most of our listeners know, or if you're new, we 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 record out of a bunker here in Utah, the great state of Utah. And I learned over the, well, since we last recorded anyway, I learned that one of the most prominent Utahns uh, is really going through a tough time right now. He's a uh, tech leader, Josh James. Oh, this is the Domo guy. Yeah, he Omniture. said that uh, he was. He, it, it, there's this conference that happens here in Salt Lake City called Silicon Slopes. It's this chance. For, it's called Wannabe Palo Alto, right? In Utah, it's a chance for Utah tech company uh, leaders to harangue and harass and. Uh, well, harangue and harass the legislature and also to pat themselves on the back and convince themselves that without them, there would be no Utah, at least no uh, economy in Utah. But poor Josh James is really going through a tough time. He said that uh, he said that friends and even his wife can't order wine to be delivered to their homes like in other states. It makes them crazy that they can't order, order a bottle of wine online. James said. This is because of Utah laws. Yeah, so I just thought... In, p- in of, place since prohibition. Speaking of thoughts and prayers, I mean, that's... We could just spare, some, spare a thought or a prayer for Josh James and his wineless wife. Maybe... His could, whiny, wineless wife. Maybe he could put up a blue billboard about it. He could make some sort of I'm a sure, smart yeah. remark in blue on I-15 somewhere. But... I'm 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 just reading. I'm taking a break from my uh, break on media here, reading some of the zero hedge headlines, and I see right at the top, Jen Saki Pasaki says empty shelves and rising prices are due to quote increasing demand. Right, guys. This is America. This is we're experiencing the the types of economic disruption and in in consumer products that we used to attribute to eastern bloc countries if you don't know what the term eastern bloc means this was a reference to countries that had joined together under the warsaw pact with the soviet union now the union of soviet socialist republics was of course sort of a bizarro world mirror image of the united states of america <laughs> where Russia had gather, gathered a bunch of buffer states in Eastern Europe to uh, buffer against the West, because right after they all got to Berlin, they sort of looked at each other, had a Mexican standoff, and decided to start the Cold War that, after World War II. And they split Europe right down the middle. I'm pretty sure that's what Churchill, Roosevelt, and uh, Stalin had decided at Yalta, was that they were going to split uh, Europe right in the middle. If you look at a pre- World War II map and a post-Soviet breakup map, you'll see that uh, Berlin is approximately in the middle. When I grew up as a kid during the Cold War, I always thought that the middle of Europe was somewhere in France because Germany, everything east of East Germany was red, right? Right. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm wandering off on an explanation for the listeners of the Eastern Bloc, which was the... Uh, the uh, Soviet I mean, Union, which included Russia and its buffer states, and then the Warsaw Pact countries like Romania, Yugoslavia, um, East Germany, Austria. These were all the countries that did really well in the Olympics. 
Remember that when we were kids, they would they, these Eastern Bloc countries would have some of the some of the greatest athletes because the state would pay them to make sure they. Well, and they that's were, all they did. They were like bathing in anabolic steroids. Sure, but they they had a PR campaign going against the oh, West, and we would sure. hear, but we'd hear the stories out of out of the Eastern Bloc that there were bread lines or that they they only had one brand of toothpaste or right. empty shelves. You know, I saw a, a fantastic tweet recently and i'm I'm looking for it again here uh about the bread lines and uh it it's just yeah here here we go it's somebody i don't know who it, who tweeted it it's not worth it's not i don't think it's anybody uh like in the news or anything um but he does have a significant i mean he's got fifty five thousand followers on twitter he's some kind of writer Oh, he he writes it at the Jacobin Jacobin magazine, so that'll tell you something right there. But here's what here's what this guy said. I guess since he's a public figure author, his his name is Carl Bayer Bayer. I never heard of him, but he wrote. It's funny how ignorant Americans never ask folks from the Soviet Union what they thought about bread lines. In my experience, there's a lot of nostalgia for the sense of community they fostered. The bread shortages themselves were no big deal. <laughs> well, he got in the comments a lot of Soviet, you know, Russian people that have people, fled to the United States, and a lot, a lot of those people that. are speaking out, saying the same thing is happening here. I, 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 they, they say I sacrificed my home and my family to get over here, and now you're doing the same damn thing. Right. A lot of them schooled him a little bit on that. There was no. Uh, no. sense of community in the bread lines <laughs> uh, it's like it's just this is the kind of propaganda and twisted false reality brain virus that people are are experiencing right now that that is really plaguing the nation i mean we have we have the utah i was just before jordan arrived i was going over some numbers because the Utah coronavirus people are telling us our hospitals are full, even though the data, the publicly available data says not only they're not full, but they're rather quiet. Um, you have Jen Psaki telling you that your poverty is just a result of your prosperity. We have people telling us that is the unvaccinated that killed Colin Powell, who died over the weekend. I don't know if you caught Colin that Powell news. died over the weekend. I did not right. know that. And he died... He's fully vaccinated, and he died due to complications of COVID, but he died because you, you didn't get vaccinated. You did not get vaccinated. <laughs> okay, so this is, a, this is an admitted vac- vaccinated COVID death? Yeah, and I guess, I mean, let's... let's... By, by the way, listeners, my intention is to avoid media for the rest of the week. So I'm taking a break here. I'm not, it's not like, this isn't like a religious fast. Well... This isn't a dogmatic fast. Everybody should realize their whole entire existence is, quote, religious or spiritual, okay? You can't get away from it. So you can't, you can't uh, compartmentalize your life like that. If you do, you're going to be a zombie. But I, you... I, am, try, I am trying to uh, focus the brain on some projects that I'm doing. I, I, I've been having a really hard time. I, I, we, could do, we could call this episode Therapy for Jordan. You is could it, be my therapist. The therapeutic... Is it FDA approved though to be to be used for this purpose? Underground therapy for Jordan. Okay. It's not horse uh, therapy. Horse therapy. <laughs> well, I'm, if I could get dewormed at the same time, that would be a positive. Yeah, I think. Who doesn't want to be dewormed? Well, that's, that's 
That's what I said. I said, I, not only do, am I preventing COVID, but I don't have horseworms. Win-win. Win-win. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Bobby, for the uninformed, is referencing ivermectin. 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 We don't have the, the clinical, the, the data from the clinicals have not been properly vetted through the channels that I derive my income from, from to definitively perhaps say that the horse medicine is suitable for only horses. But Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, why, why, why does your autobiographical movie have so few good reviews on IMDb? Have you ever heard, this is my, my Fauci, <laughs> my Fauci is just deteriorating right before our eyes, kind of like our society. Yes. But the only the it's a metaphor it has the reason that movie has bad reviews is because it's a bad movie. There's a lot of people in this country that deny science. And <laughs> no, as, as we know, you Dr. can't say Fauci, that stuff unless you say it with your Fauci, Fauci voice. Doctor Fauci is the science. Okay, I've seen the Let's Go Brandon craze taking off. By the way, a, li- a listener, a good friend, listener, sent me a link, which I, I'll probably have to post on the podcast. <laughs> Who's that one? That is Bryson Bryson Gray. There was another there've been a couple of a couple, uh, yeah. of good rap songs come out about let's go Brandon these black guys who are like okay this is all a, a scam. Let's let's rap about it. Um we the the one I remember the chorus was we know what they say in ho can you say ho on a family program uh, ho, a ho is yeah, a gardening a instrument just time. for the santa uninformed says santa says it it's a it's a it's an implement that you use in the garden to make rows furrows to plant your crops what i was saying is there okay okay here's the one you're talking about or i was talking about Okay, I got two things. I got two things here. You got to stop playing the rap music. Rap music <laughs> destroys the mind, Bobby. Okay, I, o- over the weekend, uh, I got into a, uh, not an argument, but a little bit of a discussion with a, an acquaintance who happens to know something about the moderation of uh, comments at a major news outlet in, in the area. And uh, that this person indicated that they were blocking any Let's Go Brandon comments because immediately after this happened, everybody started commenting on all their news stories, Let's Go Brandon. Yeah. And they, this person told me that the reason that they had to stop all these comments, that they couldn't allow them to go through, was because, number one, they weren't pertinent to the story. But number two, what it really meant was F. Joe Biden. And so I ex- had to explain to this person, I, I spent about a half an hour and th- they were polite and listened and you know, I don't know, they, they didn't necessarily agree totally with me. 
but I had I was my point was that a significant portion of the comments don't actually mean let's go Brandon what or they don't actually mean f Joe Biden what they mean is that we know that you are lying in the media right and that's why it's so significant that you people as content moderator moderators are stopping them from going through because you they saw this wave of let's go Brandon and and then they're not letting them through and so what it does is it reinforces the knowledge of these people that the situation is entirely controlled by the mainstream media and that the truth is not getting through and so i i would argue that yeah to a certain percentage of the population let's go Brandon literally means uh f joe biden but as this rap um artist who's black and looks like maybe the lower rungs of society, you know, at least his appearance. I'm not saying he is. He seems like he's a very intelligent guy. He has put together a, a lyrical um, adventure <laughs> where uh, the main chorus is, we know what you say in ho, which again, is that a, or am I going to get canceled? We're already canceled, but you're going to get canceled for saying that word. I, I don't know that we it's won't. a curse word. We won't. We won't get canceled. That, I apologize that, if it's offending. I don't know if I apologize. That's just we we know what you're saying is is essentially what he. Um, that version. Or we know what they saying. We know what they saying, and what they're really saying is, we know this is all a charade. It's not F Joe Biden. His right. That's a uh, Loza Alexander. Yeah, we'll version. we'll we'll link to that. But the you know he his. His uh, chorus could have just been "Let's go, Brandon," but this is a this this particular song is an overt accusation at the media that y- y- it was ridiculous. We know what they're saying. <laughs> Please pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Well, I saw a document on Twitter that from the Canadian government instructing Canadian. <clears throat> government workers to not use that phrase let's go brandon yeah they said it was unprofessional to use it so canadian government workers were using let's go brandon oh yeah this is caught on because like you said it's it's more than just fjb it's it means the we, me- we're on to you we're we on to you lying. that's what it means we're we on know to you what you're 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 yeah. telling us things that our eyes and ears are we know are demonstrably false uh, yeah the truth is and, being made manifest you're telling us to ignore our eyes and ears you're your poverty is because of your great prosperity. I mean, that, that Jen Psaki clip that we could play, she's literally saying that the, the ships are backed well, up. Well, play the it. Ports. You have it queued up. The ships, well, are, the ships are backed up because there's so much prosperity and demand in the country. Let me see if I can find it again. By the way, we derailed ourselves on Colin, Colin Powell. Well, Colin Powell, but just really, really quickly, but while we're on the Let's Go Brandon, I got, a, I got a link from a friend who listens who it was a link to an AR-15 uh, lower sold by Palmetto State Armory. If you want to, you can purchase a, uh, a lower. It's a stripped lower receiver, so you have to build your own AR-15. But it's called the Let's Go 15. Nice. And on it, it has a laser engraved really nicely, a NASCAR checkered flag, a guy holding his arms up in victory, and it's a Let's Go friend, It's a Let's Go Dash 15 multi. The serial number is Brandon 0000, and on the selector for safe, fire, or auto, which... 
you can't put the auto version on it. It says F at symbol <laughs> CK. That's on um, fire, I believe. <laughs> Enterprising. Joe exclamation point is safe and Biden exclamation point is auto. So <laughs> Enterprising people ha- are capitalizing on it. There's Let's Go Brandon flags, t-shirts. Have you seen there's a there's a guy in our uh, general vicinity who has a truck that generally runs around with the Trump flags? Yeah, he has. I believe I didn't I didn't go out and really look at it close, but I'm pretty sure it's a Let's Go Brandon flag that dwarfs like it's like four times as big surface area as his uh, Trump one flags. And so this is this is something that it has. It seems to have legs. I really think it has legs. uh, Yeah, it does. And it's become a rallying cry. That was the for, big question in the last couple of weeks. In some ways, it's the new, like, don't tread on me. It's, got, it's this rallying cry for, like, we know, we see what you're doing. We don't like it. Um, the, so here's this comment from Jen Psaki. Let's play it. And it's worth noting that the top comment on this tweet just says, let's go pray. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Twitter moderators haven't... Uh, satisfied that progress continues to be made. And one of the reasons that uh, there has been uh, so much traffic uh, in a lot of these ports is because there are more goods that are being ordered by people across the country. People have more uh, money, expendable resources. Uh, their wages are up. More people are working than they were a year ago. Uh, and if you, and port to port, Wait a minute, did she just say more people were working? Ports have yeah. 20%, 30% During a national labor shortage. As a result of that. Yeah, more people are working. That's why we have a labor shortage. But that that's yeah, if you've watched any of the economic indicators, there one of the big things is that there are not more people working. <laughs> there are a lot less people working. Did she say than a year ago? Do we have to I can't remember. Did she, she say said, more than a year ago? Yeah. Okay, that might be accurate, but it might be accurate because people but, were forced out of work a yeah, year ago. Yeah, that that's but the we problem. Still have a national nationwide labor shortage, especially in the service industry. Yeah, that's that's the problem is when she says more people were working than a year ago, government induced shortages were massive at that point in time. And so her her words are deceptive just because she said more people are working. She's trying to frame the situation as if it's good and it's clearly not. These two top headlines on Zero Hedge are interesting. The top one is re- references this comment by Saki. says, Saki says empty shells and rising prices are due to increasing demand. The next headline says, billionaire supermarket owner warns food prices will go up tremendously. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's okay because our wages are going up because we just, we're so prosperous right now as a country. <laughs> I can't wait till, for all the camaraderie uh, and the in the bread lines that we're going to make in the bread lines coming into this dark winter. Let me tie up the Colin Powell thing. Okay, let's talk about Colin Powell. So he died. Now, people are blaming the unvaccinated for his death because he was fully vaccinated and died, according to his family, with complications uh, from COVID. Now, are we sure that he died? Because I wonder if they're just taking these famous people into an underground city or bunker or something. But he's 84 years old. 
Okay. Oh, he's 84? Yeah. This isn't a guy that was plucked okay. out of yeah. the prime of his so he's life. Passed, he's passed the average age of lifespan in America. And it, apparently he's been battling type of cancer for many years. Oh. And he's um and he's in a uh, a certain he's sick. demographic. Yeah, he's sick, but he's also in a demographic that tends to have higher issues with coronaviruses in general and right. this he's is this old is and he's sick. This is that he's a uh, a black person. He's got darker skin and if you understand the science behind darker skin, the idea is that their genealogically their ancestry comes from climates that are warmer where they get more sunlight, so they've developed more pigment in their skin to block the sunlight. So they have an advantage in in the tropics in the warmer in the warmer climates because they're not going to get burnt up like a, a, a really delicate white like Jen you know, Saki might like Jen Saki like a redheaded yeah yeah so somebody that has uh, sensitive skin would down in um, down in the tropics near the equator and so that's why so many nordic people have this fair hair fair skin thing going on cuz they live up in the north where or their families or their their ancestors are from up in the north where they need their skin has developed into uh having less pigment so that they can cap- capture more sunlight well the issue with sunlight is that sunlight on the skin enhances and creates the uh the vitamin D, it creates the, vi- the conditions where the vitamin D in your body is developed. And that, I, I, if I understand it right, that's the big problem we have relative to seasonal illness, is that you stop developing vitamin D because the sun goes away. And that's why we get these, these upticks, these seasonal peaks yeah, in flu and cold. Sure. I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah. Because if you think about it, the people that are most at risk to COVID are the Polynesians and the blacks and the, and the people of color who have more pigment in their skin, but live at the higher elevations. We're, or not higher elevations. They live, they live in very high buildings. They live in the higher latitudes. Right. Excuse no, they, me. Northern latitudes. Northern latitudes. We're not hearing anything, nothing, not one whit about like the sub-Saharan COVID outbreaks. There's n- there's no news about anything going on with indigenous peoples in Africa. W- that- I think that's also because those countries are already largely conquered by the New World Order, and they don't need to uh, steamroll them. They've already steamrolled them over yeah, the last hundred years. Yeah, they're not years. doing vaccinations. They're not doing testing. Right, they're right. Not, they don't have a problem. I, I have friends that traveled to Egypt recently, and they're like, well, at the airport, yeah, they made a show of it. But the whole country, well, right. Cairo is just generally dirty anyway. But Nobody so, cares. Nothing's happening. So Pal was an old, sick guy, and he died. And it's interesting because that's what people like us have been saying all along, that COVID is dangerous for old, sick people. And people who have contributing factors, like right. dark skin, and they live in northern climates, and they are overweight or have been battling cancer, or they... Anyway, I don't want to talk about him anymore. Okay. Well, he died. He was vaccinated, and he died of COVID. Maybe now he knows if Iraq has WMDs or not. Uh, That poor guy, from what I understand, he got railroaded into saying that too. I think he started out as a good guy, a guy that was patriotic, honest, and wanted to do a good job. And I don't know if he ended up that way or not, but rip in peace, as the kids say. Is that what they say? Rip in peace. Hmm. Anyway. I don't understand the children these days. Have you... um, what are we talking about today? Well, I was thinking that today 
you would lead the discussion because I haven't been paying have attention heard, to me. Have you yet. ever heard of the Trusted News Initiative? Yes, because you said go look this up. Did you look it up? Yeah. It's a leftist construct trying to get people to follow certain guidelines to demonize people who are not statist in news. What struck me about it and made it made it, you know, it was interesting to me is that it, it's it's we we've commented a lot about how coordinated the news is, the talking points with governors and health people and all over the country, they're using the same phraseology. The news stories are dropping the same types of things. You know, it's incredibly dangerous to our democracy. Well, there's this thing called the Trusted News Initiative. And it's, it, it came from, originally from the BBC. And they've partnered with all of these, you know, uh, news agencies that you've heard of. Current partners within the TNI, Trusted News Initiative are AP, AFP, BBC, CBC, Radio Canada, European Broadcasting Union, Facebook, Financial Times, First Draft, Google and YouTube, The Hindu, Microsoft, Reuters, Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism, Twitter, Twitter. The Washington Post. I'm sure there's others. Okay, well, let's, first of all, Facebook and Twitter and YouTube are not news channels. Those those are user-created platforms. So I think it's interesting that they would be included. But then you take these news companies and and you coordinate them all for the purpose of combating COVID-19 misinformation and other misinformation, because I think the creation of this predates COVID pandemic. Um, Quote, unquote, pandemic. Tim Davey, the director general of the BBC, says, 2020 has been a year like no other. That was a New York accent. Yeah, that was bad. You need a, an English accent. I can't do I can't. 2020 has been a year like no other. We have seen the rapid spread of harmful disinformation and growing number of conspiracy theories online. No, not conspiracy theories online. Whether it's a threat to our health or a threat to our democracy, there is a human cost to disinformation. <laughs> disinformation, sir? How could you say that? Of our, to all of we, our... We were just frolicking happily in the meadow. Our, our good... And our... now you've foisted disinformation <laughs> upon us. Is there a boogeyman around the corner? Uh, the only disinformation there was my awful accent. So all of our uh, British listeners, I apologize. I'm not apologizing. I'm not I thought we made a valiant effort. You know, I can do a, I can do an okay British accent, but that that wasn't it. That wasn't an okay accent. <laughs> but you, it was let me read fun. it again. It hard to, it's hard to read it with a straight face in English. 2020 has been a year like no other. We have seen the rapid spread of harmful disinformation and a growing number of conspiracy theories online. Whether it's a threat to our health or a threat to our democracy, there is a human cost to disinformation. Now, listen, they. <laughs> Yes, there is. They, Especially when it comes from the when it comes from the oligarchy-controlled, state-run outlets. Well, uh, oligarchy-run, state-controlled. They uh, listen though. Listen though. They they. Uh, I've been listening. Make your point. Stop laughing. Stop coughing. They use a. They use a. They they give some examples of uh, conspiracy theories and disinformation. I've got it. I don't know if the article I just pulled up has it, but I. I saved it here in this other place on my mobile tracking device. 
Let me see if I can find it again now because, all right, okay. This is the same guy, this Tim Davey fellow. With the introduction of, well, this is the editor of this article, the, you know, the author. With the introduction of several possible new COVID-19 vaccines, there has been a rise of anti-vaccine disinformation spreading online to millions of people. This was back in like November or December of 2020 that this was written. Examples include widely shared memes which link falsehoods about vaccines to freedom and individual liberties. Other posts seek to downplay the risk of coronavirus and suggest that there is an ulterior motive behind the development of a vaccine. Let me just repeat that. Examples include shared memes which link falsehoods about vaccines to freedom and individual liberties. That would be crazy to link vaccines to freedom and individual liberty. What a crazy idea, Jordan. What? That would never happen. Especially not in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Europe, the U.S., all these Western democracies. That would never happen. So I, I'm I, speechless, yeah. I don't know. Maybe this is why I'm trying to avoid the media, because it's just becoming so cognitively destructive dissonant like how how long can mankind and and then maybe this is the thing that they're trying to do is foment total chaos because how long can we really persist in the face of such blatant well there irreality unreality people are pushing back there's been huge protests in australia and europe that aren't getting a lot of mainstream coverage i think i think now we're up to like 20 straight weeks of protests in Italy that aren't getting a lot of coverage. We've had some pretty important movements in the United States with first responders, airline pilots, air traffic controllers that are apparently making maybe I thought that was all weather related. Well, Southwest Airlines announced today that they won't will, they're they're backing off of their vaccine requirement because of all the bad weather. Mhm. Uh, the, the TNI, the TNI, this trusted news initiative, uh, this is another little thing that says that the TNI was set up last year, which would have been 2019, was set up last year to protect audiences and users from disinformation, particularly around moments of jeopardy, such as elections. The TNI complements existing program partners having programs partners have in place. <clears throat> in other words, the TNI was designed to control the narrative around elections. Like imagine, I don't know, here's a, here's a hypothetical. Let's say that an important election was coming up. Maybe the U.S. presidential election was coming up. Like, it was let, like... We say it would hot, was hotly contested, maybe similar to, say, the 2020 election? Well, I don't know. I'm like just that, throwing this just out. hypothetically. But let's say, like, the... I don't know, a relative, a close relative, maybe a son or a daughter of one of the candidates lost a laptop. And on that laptop was information that not only incriminated the son or the daughter, but also the candidate. Now, if we were going to make a movie out of this, we'd have to have like some sex tapes involved, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be weird. But, but I mean, you know, just for the movie's sake. Right, just to get eyeballs, right? But let's say it also had evidence of like a lot of financial... Uh, conflicts of interest, illegal deals with the foreign governments. Well, there would have companies. to be, there would have to be, if, again, if this were a movie, there'd have to be like legitimate 
uh, evidence pointing to the fact that the son of the candidate was actually involving the candidate. Right. Maybe in, he had a code name deals, for him. Like, like the big guy or something? That, that's kind of generic. Maybe that let's could call him the big boss guy. That could work. The big, the big maybe like o- the old man, the old gray-haired big boss guy. And he, but, would be, he would be in on the deals, and we'd refer to him that way. And there would be millions now, if, of dollars if involved, If there was right? something like this. There if, would be at least $1 million involved. You would want the TNI to make sure that story was heard to ensure that audiences were protected from disinformation. If it were accurate, right? Right. How or can you, we tell if it's accurate? Well, you have to investigate. Yeah, right. So that would mean you'd have to have photographic evidence or videographic evidence, right? Of, That's say, one way, Like yeah. the sex tapes of the sons with, son with the hookers, hookers plural, right? I mean, y- like you, if there you're were trying actual, hard to make this like a, a really salacious... Yeah, but if there were videographic evidence, wouldn't... Yeah, yeah, that's that's one form of evidence. You could have documentation, you know, financial like transactions, email documents. Emails. emails are easy to e- fake. Emails. So would you wouldn't you like have to have like a source like other people out there who say, "Yeah, I sent those emails come out of the woodwork." Anyway, we're we're getting off way in the weeds cuz something like that would, that would never, never happen, happen in America. Just like it would Not never in America. happen to tie your freedom or individual liberty to your vaccination status on an experimental vaccine which hasn't been approved by government regulators who are paid by the manufacturers who are making the drug. Right. So for the uninformed, Bobby and I were sarcastically talking about all of the elements of the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You mean that thing I just made up actually is real? Yes. And it's worse than what we made up. (laughs) Like... How many sex t- hooker sex tapes does Hunter Biden have? And then it, f- that it turned out he lost another laptop and that it was stolen by like listen, Eastern Bloc agents or something. Listen, Hunter Biden is just a tortured, I'm sure conflicted he's tortured. artist trying to express himself in his I'm art. I'm sure he's tortured and conflicted. Well, he doesn't anyway, appear to be an artist. He appears to be a deal maker, brokering deals between for the big guy, for the big people. I found this uh, trusted news initiative an interesting thing, especially piggybacking on some of the things we've been talking about the last couple of weeks with entrainment and just all the propaganda that we're seeing poured out into the world from every every aspect, every outlet. Well, there have been a couple of other attempts at industry. Industry bodies, you know, that the, the industries would join, like the, the news industry would join to uh, regulate news to promote one, one story or specific stories over other stories. And I, I can't remember. I'm not even going to go look them up. There, I, the Trusted News Initiative was not the only one. There was another one that was proposed. I think Microsoft was involved in something where they were going to programmatically, like you, uh, there, were, there were some browser-based plugins or browser-based operations, so a web browser, again, for the uninformed, that's Google Chrome, Firefox, or you know, Opera, uh, Microsoft Edge. These are, these Net- are the things. Netscape Navigator. Netscape Navigator is a web browser. <laughs> oh, I'm longing for the good old <laughs> days right now. So uh, the AOL one, yeah, you, if you use the internet, you, you generally browse the internet via a browser and so there was some talk last year about implementing inside the browser controls that would limit people from visiting 
websites and finding information that the oligarchy deemed destructive to their ends. So th- this is this has been going on, but the but these I would argue that these public initiatives are symptomatic of the larger problem which is for the oligarchy which is that the truth has gotten out there and so now they need to engage in censorship their entrainment the entrainment technology and let's let's use an allegory for the entrainment technology that would be dorothy and the lion and the tin man and the scarecrow standing in front of the huge uh wizard of oz what would we call that? His big display where he pay no attention to the man behind right, the curtain. The, the 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 pyrotechnics display, the 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 3D graphics display that they think they're talking to the wizard there in the movie. That's entrainment technology, and the problem is too many people have seen behind the curtain, and so now they have to have these industry groups get together to really clamp down on and and create a a more serious cartel like environment so that they can have greater control over the news, because it's extremely dangerous to our democracy, as we've pointed out in past past episodes. So I found a a Reuters, remember Reuters was one of the partners. They also paid to study journalism, this trusted journalism. They they did a study that, uh, and the the summary was that trust in news grew in wake of COVID-19 crisis. Oh, really? That's what they concluded? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. The coronavirus pandemic stoked hunger for trusted news in a time of global crisis and a clear majority of people want media organizations to be impartial and objective, the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism said. Okay. So far, so good. I think people want trusted, transparent news. Trust in news grew during the pandemic, especially in Western Europe, helping brands with a reputation for reliable reporting, though mistrust was particularly apparent in the polarized media of the United States. <laughs> it just said the we media was polarized? always been at war with East Asia. Right. It's just like the, the lies... They used to be better at trying to hide their lies, right? The media, I think, has always made a living being a bunch of liars. But now it's just, they're just hitting us in the face with two-by-fours of lies, just slapping us over and over. Like Jen Psaki's statement. How many times does Jen Psaki get up there and just lie? Just bald-faced lies, not even like tricky lies or half lies or truths or whatever. Same with like the Utah coronavirus people. They just lie. They just blatantly lie. We've seen it from all kinds of news uh, reporters, you know, mostly pro- mostly peaceful protests last year, that kind of thing. And I guess we have to ask ourselves why, why, what are they? What is the end game here? And I think we've touched on it in the past. We, I think it's chaos. I think it's just, I think it's confusion. It's this controlled demolition of all of our institutions so they can build back better. I saw an interesting thing about Build Back Better, which is the UNWEF-created slogan that, weirdly, Boris Johnson uses. He's the prime minister of the UK. Joe Biden has used it. They put it behind them on the screens, They on their, on their backdrops. Boris did this weird did these weird little videos where he was like saying, and then he takes a bite of a hamburger or a slog of beer, and then he 
drinks some it's the most bizarre did i send you one of those i think you might have we're gonna have to link to one they're so i remember seeing odd. that thinking what is this a reality tv show is it a, yeah, is it a eat, eating contest it, this uh, this is like the uh the prime minister of a country that used to control two-thirds of the the world the sun never set on the empire that he you know the, right. the remains of which he presides over right this is the this is the country that produced you know winston churchill and yeah he's and uh fried snickers bars from what i've heard fried milky ways but i saw an interesting thing and about bad teeth about build build back better uh, it's three b's if you take three b's and line them up together what does that sort of if you change it to numbers, if you're into kind of symbolism and like, numerology, it looks is, like 666. Oh, interesting. So, uh, yeah, you pointed that out to me. Very, very astute, Bobby. I want to point something out, though, because since well, we're talking I, it about wasn't, building... I, I didn't... I, I saw somebody else point it out You're very astute parroting that back to me. <laughs> uh, one, uh, since we're talking about building back and what we're going to talk about today, uh, last episode, we did ask for people to give us some feedback. And we did get a few comments on the website. So I'd like to take some time and talk about those because our first commenter, Kenny, talked about building back. And he, he made it better. He, <laughs> he made, well, actually, his, it wasn't really building back, but because uh, we're not going to build this society back. He, he's kind of looking at a reboot here. He says, better. This episode and the Catherine Austin Fitz interviews linked previously discuss the idea of creating an independent civilization with separate banking, food production, etc. I would be curious to hear more ideas about how this could be done and how it could be established. Or he says, I, I, I can't read. I would be curious to hear more ideas about this and how it could be established. Well, Kenny, thanks for commenting, first of all. Glad to get a little discussion going, and I want to make sure we acknowledge this comment because that is a that is a theme we've talked about a little bit on the podcast before, but I don't think we ever, you know, I'm not sure you're going to come to a conclusion about that, but that is essentially the Zion topic, and I think I've made mention my opinion that we're not going to build Zion, us people here. God brings Zion. Read Hugh Nibley's Approaching Zion. What is Zion? A distant view, right? He says Zion is perfect, and so... But if, if it's something that's actually going to happen, and there are people who really want to be God's people, and they're willing to change their hearts and minds, or in other words, repent to God's truth, then they have a, the chance to potentially be that society. But there's this interim transition phase, phase because everything we're doing right now is Babylon, and it's, and it's never been more clear than today, October 19th, 2021. It's never been more clear that we have the Babylon society that is likely the thing that's going to be destroyed as described in the book of Revelations, chapter 13 through 18. So we're there. We can, we can see what we have. We know it's not what we want. And we want to not build back better, but reset. <laughs> not reset in, the, in a great way, but reset in the ultimate cosmic way, which right. is back to what God wants. And so he, uh, Kenny's, Kenny's talking about that here. He, he points that out. And um, again, we discussed it's worth it, but we, we should in, talk about it more. Interjecting that, that a lot of what we see is a inversion or a perversion of, you know, divine, of Zion. And so a great reset, yeah, we... 
it's a counterfeit. Society's going to be reset in the sense that, oh, especially when Jesus comes again, there's going to be a great reset. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's counterfeit stuff. Oh, it's, you mean the great reset? <laughs> I, I mean yeah. that we'll own nothing and we'll be happy. Well, the do you really own anything anyway? No. I'm reminded of the Pocahontas uh, animated Disney movie where that song goes, you think you own whatever land you land on. Right. And, and that's part of the problem is we have, property rights are important, but if you're born into a society where all the property is owned by an oligarchy, then property rights don't matter, right? So where, where's the balance between righteous enjoyment or pursuit of happiness, the, the, the use of property, and the, the right to manage yourself and your own body, right? My body, my choice. And, right. and where's the balance between that and then the, the, the oligarchy has gone and owns everything and you, you own nothing and you're not happy. You'll be happy because we'll be, medic, uh, we'll be Medically chemically hap- induced <laughs> chemically happiness happy. with our daily happiness pills <laughs> that we're all required to take. But I think short, a movie short about of that, waiting for Jesus. There's a movie about that, by the way. Which movie? Keep talking. Short of waiting for Jesus, I'll find it. It's Christian, Christian Bale. It's called... Uh, uh, but yeah, how, how do we find this? How do we, how do we escape, I guess, in the sense of, uh, you know, right now, can we get away from this stuff that's going on? You know, and my first thought when I read... Um, Kenny's comment was, um, you know, Galt's Gulch. Equilibrium is the name of the movie. Okay, Galt's Gulch. But you know, where they they literally escape, they get a, a physically remove themselves from society. Yeah, he's referencing Atlas Shrugged. But I, that's hard to do right now. Well, the, everything's owned. That's the thing. You can't. Right. If you try to go and, out into onto BLM land, Bureau of, Bureau, Bureau of Land Management land, you can stay for 14 days, but then, you know, if they find your yeah, stuff or if you try to build anything there, they, that. well, no, but they, but periodically they'll <laughs> but find right. some guy's hideout there but and you, then what do they do? They come to, take all this yeah, stuff you try and they destroy everything. It, you're yeah. going to get, you get kicked off or worse. Yeah. As, as long and as you're it, not, unless you have a lot of money and you can go out and buy ranch land, it's, that's hard to do to escape. To, to disengage from, from this society. And that's by design. That's, that's been set up that way to entrap us or to trap us here. But there are other ways, right? I saw a whole thread on Twitter of people making fun of preppers. And I was just like, and they were saying, you know, the, the preppers, the only reason they're preparing for a collapse is because they don't have any friends. In the collapse, if something bad were to happen, we just have friends and we can just band together and we'll have food and, and get everything we need from our friends because that's what communities do. Aren't there video games about this where the preppers <laughs> come in and take all their stuff there's and they m- die a dramatic death? And there's video games and there's books and there's real world examples. Like the, the Hurricane Katrina. You can't just, <laughs> you can't just be friendly. Every, and be, every hurricane season down in the South right. where they run on the stores. Oh, Black Friday. There's your friends. But also a lot of the kind of prepper-minded people I know are some of the friendliest people I know as well. So I don't think that there's any empirical scientific data backing up this idea that 
preppers are selfish, unfriendly people that will shoot anybody that comes up to their bunker during the apocalypse, but you probably be a good idea to at least point the gun at anybody who approaches you during the <laughs> apocalypse and find out what they need. <laughs> Have you ever read any of uh, James Rawls' stuff, the guy that did... Oh, no, we, ta- we were talking about Survival Blog last week. He wrote a, a book called Patriots about the society collapsing and people who have pre-set up retreats and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Uh, I call it the Rawlsian collapse, which means total collapse, right? So right. I, I don't know if we're going to get to that point because you, you have these two, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, two sort of opposing possibilities that we must juxtapose when we discuss the coming of the Lord, the second coming or the end times or whatever. And that is that in Doctrine and Covenants section 45, it says those who don't want to take up arms against their neighbors, because all every person's going to be fighting with each other, they must necessarily flee to Zion. Okay, so there's that. And then on the other hand, you have the whole, they'll be marrying and giving in marriage when the Lord comes, and he'll come like a thief in the night, right? So there's, there's some sort of economy there's some sort of society going on, but it, it doesn't mean it's not going to change. I mean, we right. one thing that we've essentially banked on in America and in, in the first world is that things won't change, that the great city Jerusalem could not be destroyed. And so therefore you can count on this and you can save this and you can ha- own this land here and this land in three states away and, and the laws will protect you and you can bank on it for your retirement. That's That's where our parents, our grandparents kind of lived, right? And, and our grandparents who died, at least mine, they lived out their lives in what we'd call the Pax Americana, the golden age of America, and they got to be the tourists and they got to spend their, their waning days in their recliners watching Fox News and Matlock and yelling at the TV, yelling at Bill Clinton and right. <laughs> all of that stuff. L- bless their hearts. I love my grandparents. You know, they, uh, my grandfather fought in World War II. Uh, my other grandfather worked his whole life uh, building, you know, great, uh, what would you say, excess for his family going forward. They, they left us a legacy. And, uh, you know, my grandparents or my grandmothers were no less important. They... They didn't have to deal with the um, very frightening reality that we're staring straight in the face. It's like we're looking down the barrel of a gun. They faced it down when they were kids, you know? And I feel somewhat, what's the word, Uh, empathetic of the the fear that the baby boomers must be facing right now. There's a lot of baby boomers who just don't want to confront this because they're they're older, you know, they've, they've, they're out of the prime of their lives. And I think they're scared in a way because they're weaker. You know, look at, look at the young kids these days. <laughs> they're so vigorous. They have the strength, you know, they, what, what happens when society collapses is it, it becomes survival of the fittest, you know, and if you're old and frail, it is not a pretty, a pretty reality to confront, even, even to imagine, you know? Right. So men's hearts fail them for fears in the last for fear in the last days. I think um I think one thing we can do you know, I'm looking at Kenny's comment. Says the idea of creating an independent civilization with separate banking, food production, etc. I mean banking 
part that's going to be tough but you can have you can have alternative currencies or skills i think i think uh having a trade or something useful you can do to trade for other goods and things you might need is going to be useful yeah. in such a situation i'm food, not food production um that there's a lot that regular people can do you don't need a lot of land to grow vegetables or have some chickens go fishing learn how to fish learn how to hunt if everybody does that though how much fish how many fish will be left how how much hunting will be available that's that's a good point you you have some experience with hunting. Is it easy to get a deer or an elk? Um, that's a trick question. Okay. Let me rephrase the question. How hard is it to get a deer or an elk? <laughs> Following the rules? The rules make it a little harder. Why, okay, why? Well, because there's only certain areas you can hunt in. There's only certain weapons you can use during certain times. There's limited entry units where only a certain amount of people can show up to hunt. Now, if there were no rules, I could just grab a rifle and go out and shoot the first elk or deer I see. It would be right. But see, for example, like, um, but we live we live in, uh, you know. Well, I guess I don't want to tell where we live, but I've seen in the neighborhoods deer. Yeah, there's fewer now because of more of the development. But but you could uh, how how quick are those deer going to go? Pretty quick, right? Yeah, but even if you went up in the mountains, I mean, it would be. you you could probably shoot a deer 80% of the time you went out there if you were if there were no hunting rules right see i this this yeah i i, mean, I, uh, I go for a hike or a bike ride or a drive i almost always at least see some little doe some stupid right, doe right but i'm going to i'm going to on the side of the road i'm going to argue that if this were really a grid down collapse type of a scenario that that would th- those deer lo- would be gone within the first couple of months for sure maybe the first month and the deer would adapt they would realize they're getting a lot more pressure they'd move they would move up higher and so it would become harder i don't think you can plan on hunting and fishing unless you live like bo- unless you live on land that borders the bureau of land right. management thousands and millions of acres but and, and even then but i will say this there's still a lot of people who don't know how to do those things they might think oh i'll just go get a rifle because i've seen deer in the neighborhood mm-hmm. they might yeah like you said they might shoot one but those deer are going to get taken pretty quickly and then beyond that it's a matter of do i have the physical fitness to go up in the mountains do i have the knowledge do i have the gear do I have the gun and the ammo you can't just be friendly and rely on your friends in the apocalypse to give you their guns and ammo. Well, we're we're in the apocalypse right now. It's just sure. you know it's fourth fourth generation asymmetric warfare that's going on. I I really the more the more they push this vaccine, so uh, absurdly, so irrationally, so with so much mental illness that oh you're going to die if you don't get it or. The, the unvaccinated or you're killing people, people if you don't get it unvaccinated people are causing the pandemic and they're the ones that are that are filling up the hospitals all these lies and and that their their interest in locking down the society or or creating all this regulation that that forces you into having a vaccine that 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 is so orwellian that's so so incredibly wrong Right, I don't even right. know how else it, to say it. It's just wrong, and and that is a massive red flag. If we, if a family member said to me recently, "Oh well, the the, the pandemic has to end. It's going to end at some point," and I'm going, 
No, they, it ended they don't. In June of 2020. It, yeah, it ended last year, and they are continuing to push if this contrived even this contrived narrative. Yeah, yeah. If the, if it were ever even that bad, and um, did you did you watch that any of that documentary that I sent you on that Canada I did. website? I actually watched the whole thing. Oh, you watched the whole thing. That, yeah. I thought that was a pretty good. I guess we're gonna have to link to that now. There was a two-hour overview of what was going on. I don't. I think their statistics were maybe a little bit uh, unprofessional. Maybe not quite. As sure. good as I, because I've studied the statistics on it. But in general, the psychology, the discussion on psychology, was really good. What was it called? Um, it, uh, the website that hosted it was something Canada, wasn't it? It was essentially uh, an overview well, of what's Canada. going on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that the documentary even had a title, but it was it was kind of a it was a good overview. A lot of stuff we touched on. Yeah. Over the year, almost a year that we've it been was just a good, talking here. It was just a good, uh, you know, two-hour explanation of how one thing leads to another, how they, all these different pressures are interlinked, and what we're seeing, how, they're, how it's a false reality. We're seeing more talk now in, in official circles about the digital currencies, which I, I think I said a few weeks ago, once they get to that point, it's over, because everything will be able to be controlled. Once we have that. Well, I think there will be a black market that develops. You just won't be well, able to travel yeah, on, on airplanes. You won't be able to buy things online. You won't be able to have any online presence. Yeah. Nothing. You, you got to. You, so, you won't be able to pay for your ISP without it. Right. And I'm not saying that maybe don't have it. Um, you're scratching your mic and everyone can. Everyone can hear you scratching your mic. I'm not saying maybe don't use it because there's going to be, but, but there's going to be things. My fear with that is not that it'll just be this global currency or whatever. It's that they can turn it off and turn it on and punish you and basically make your life a living hell with that kind of Yeah, well, if you don't think they're going to throw out new requirements, I mean, right now it's the vaccine. The next day it's your guns. The day after that, it's your daughters. Right. I mean, they're going to say, turn in your children. I, literally, I am not kidding. What? Where does where does it end? They, if they you can, can, they once they own your currency, pretty soon they'll make you run naked through the yard like they did the people that were in the um, the Nazi death camps. Right. Uh, th- th- I mean, th- it, th- if if that's if they can make you dance, you know, on cue. Okay, they made everybody cover their faces to go into a grocery store. They tr- yeah, they were able to convince them I mean, to do that without. <laughs> just the, by the digital currency, just by telling them to. Okay, so we're n- now we're gravitating back to the problems that are going on. I, I think Kenny's comments are really important. By the way, uh, Doctor Nick Rivera from The Simpsons commented. Thank you. Hi, everybody. And I actually did reply to his comment, asking him for a source, and he gave it. So we have a link to uh, some interesting information about how there's. He said that he says, "Have you noticed that now there's some recognition of naturally acquired immunity?" And I have not. I haven't either. This is so. This goes back to the false reality discussion. He gave a link to a place where they, some of the talking heads were pushing people to just at least get one dose. And he also referenced the recent podcast with Joe Rogan and one of CNN's high priests, Sanjay Gupta. Yeah, I listened to most of that conversation. And thank you, Whitaker, also for the "Let's Go Brandon" rap song again on that link. So thanks, guys, for commenting on our podcast. But getting back to the the transition or the uh, the better society episode or idea that Kenny talks about 
I think we got to have ground rules for that discussion because, you know, you can talk about Zion you could, or utopia. You can talk about the transition and that ultimately leads to a wide ranging array of topics that it seems like we just keep chasing our tail, you know? Thought occurred to be a certain religious organization that we belong to owns a lot of land, like a lot, probably one of the biggest Private landowners in the country. You're talking about holders in the country. Taxpayers of the federal government, that religious organization, I, I'm the religion of the state. No. Oh, so it's it doesn't quite own that much land, but close. Are you talking about uh, the public schools of the state of Utah? No, because that's a religious organization. <laughs> I think with you know, high priests. I'm talking about. Oh, the, you're talking about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Yes, the okay. L- LDS Sorry. Church. I know we're not supposed to say that, but that's. For the sake of brevity, I'm saying LDS. What are we supposed to say? The full name. What I said? Yeah. So I did it right. They own a lot of land. Oh, I yeah. mean, a lot. Yeah. So does the Catholic Church. They own a lot in places where traditionally, you know, the tradition, which I don't, is it still a tradition that we are all going to flee to Adamondi Amon in Missouri? Is that still kind of a thing? We grew up with that idea that there would be called to Missouri. That's a cultural expectation. Uh, you know, we, we don't touch on doctrinal issues here on the Mind Virus show very often. And we've kind of avoided some of the stickier wickets of the church issues. So, but if I have there a, were I a have place an opinion, to flee to, I have an opinion on that. And was... I, I have to say, I do not think that we flee to Missouri. And, and there's a reason for that. Do you want to hear that or not? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of saying. Because culturally, that... that's the expectation. Doctrine and Covenants, there is literally in the Doctrine and Covenants a verse that says, This is Zion, Jackson County. Yeah. I, I'm saying, I'm not even talking from a doctrinal standpoint. I'm saying, I'm but just yeah, culturally, ta- talking are... from a practical standpoint. People are expecting to go to Missouri. If there was a place where there was a lot of land that could accommodate a lot of people that were like-minded and we're going to have each other's backs and we're going to look out for each other and you could have a militia. Yeah, but who's going to control arm. this people? Well, right. But Okay, see, keep going. What you, would, what you would expect is that because everybody's like-minded and therefore the purpose of preserving their lives and their liberties, that it, it, could, it could exist in peace. I'm just saying that there are entities that could pull that off. A could literal you, yeah, but could, fleeing to Zion. Some so people to speak. have talked about fleeing to like the Hebrew Valley Girls Camp too. Could you imagine? That's not you can't. That accommodates fifty people. Could you imagine being stuck in a church-run FEMA camp? <laughs> I'm just saying. That's all that I'm there saying. Is that there is there are possibilities there. There are landowners that ought to be accommodating that kind of escape that Kenny's well, talking about. Yeah, but weren't they, weren't they also saying that the $50 billion, the $50 billion that nobody knew about that was uh, under management by Enzane Peak Advisors was for the apocalypse? Right. I'm, now, listen, I'm, we both recognize oh, yeah, this mon- that there's all this a gap. Money, we, were, we, this listen, money. we both recognize that there's a gap between what maybe should be and what is. Okay, but culturally, you're right. Cult- but what I'm, but I'm just pointing out that there are organizations or people that could accommodate literal physical separations, a gulch gulch type situation, mm-hmm. if they were 
if that if were really had, if, if that were really the their intention to do it right if that were really their intention but yeah culturally there has been an expectation that members of the church would be going back to Missouri that's been talked about my whole life mm-hmm. it's not something that really comes up in the manuals but it's a sort of a rational corollary to a, a lot of the discussion and so I've heard it talked about in church I've heard it talked about in church circles so I don't think you're off base there. I think I, the listeners out there, probably a lot of them are going, yeah, we've thought about Zion. How many of you know people that have moved to Missouri? I can think of maybe three or four families right offhand that I know that went back there because they think it's, that's where the... They went for like doctrinal reasons? Well, yeah, they th- they, they've moved to Missouri. Mormons that have moved to Jackson County-ish because they figured that's where everything's going to be. And and look, there's again that verse in the Doctrine and Covenants that, that Zion will be built in Jackson County. The church owns 3,000 acres at Adam Monday Amon. That's, that's a fairly it's a big sizable chunk. piece of land. You could accommodate you could put a pretty a good few pop shopping mall there. Tents. <laughs> you could that. make a really <laughs> high-end shopping several. mall there. Anyway, I'm not saying that that's... Mixed-use development. But there are, I guess, I guess it, it kind of occurs to me that the, the commune idea, not communist, but the commune idea is something that could, that could uh, uh, provide a buffer to some of this encroaching control. I went, okay. I went to Israel a few years ago. Okay. And I what, stayed what do they the call night, those places? I stayed the, the night in a kibbutz. kibbutz? Yeah, I stayed the night in, in one of those. And it's, it's basically a little commune with people and they, they, they farm, they grow a lot of, you know, food. Uh, now there's outside influences. I had a Yoplait yogurt, you know, at, at dinner, but everybody comes to the cafeteria for dinner. Something like that is something that could provide a, le- a le- level of protection against what we're seeing now. Who, who gets to set this up though? Because I'm, I'm really serious for you, for those well, of you I, that have thought about like, this, what, do you happen- really want to get stuck in a church run FEMA camp? I'm not saying church. I'm not saying, I'm saying individuals. But could if it's do on this. their land. Well, yeah, somebody would have to be in charge. I don't think there's any way to escape somebody being in charge of, in, in any kind of society. Well, that's the, the church has a structure that is already in charge. You don't have to worry about right. that. Right. But what I'm saying is that these type of kibbutz commune, communes wouldn't have to be church run or anybody run. You'd have a landowner who would invite families. Okay, so you're going he, hypothetically somebody buys the land. Well, people already own land. Okay. People already own ranches and uh, yeah. Rich you know, people. lots. Rich people who sure. have, can hire private security and... Uh, but a lot of those rich people who own lands are also like-minded with a lot of us, and we'll say, yeah, let's put something together here. So they would start the community? Maybe. I'm saying that, that there, are, there are ways for, this to, for something like I can, this to I happen. Can see, I could conceive of that, but really, like, who's going to do that? I think a lot of people would do it. Yeah? Why haven't they already? Is it because The, the like, need isn't there yet. Well, the Branch Davidians did it in Waco, and look what happened to them. Yeah, but they existed for decades before that happened. Yeah. Peacefully. Yeah. And then they got ATF'd. Right. <laughs> they got F'd by the ATF. Right. Big time. Right. 
but I guess you'd have to. We'd have to go down that. that yeah, path is it even possible now? Why? Is it even possible why, now to start why, a commune? What got there? What got the ATF's attention? Well, if you took if you took guns there, I think they would yeah. form an interest in you. They, you would have agent provocateurs immediately, or uh, uh, what would you call undercover agents trying yeah. to trying to join your commune? Who would you let in? Well, you'd probably have to do only the people that you know. I mean, I'm talking like, I'm not talking like you would build this, you know, they, they, that group out of India tried this in Oregon in the 80s. Yeah. Do you remember that? What was that called? Oh, man. I watched the whole documentary on it. I, I can't remember what they were called now. But they, yeah, they bought a ranch in Oregon and all of these kind of hippie types moved out there led by this Indian guy. The Ranishpuram? Yeah. And that, that ended poorly. <laughs> There's not a lot of success stories. I understand that. But if, if a family, let's say if a, an extended family got together, you know. Yeah, I'm reading the Wikipedia article. Attempted murder, assault, wiretapping, arson, immigration fraud. Oh, yeah, it, <laughs> was, a, it was a big problem. <laughs> Vote fraud. But when they Drug sh- smuggling. When they showed up, they showed up to this little sleepy Oregon mountain town and it put a lot of people off. Uh, made a lot of people uneasy right so <laughs> because had... it attracted a it attracted a vagrant aimless crowd of people now if you if you had let's say someone in your family or let's say you owned 150 acres of ranch land in Idaho or rural Utah or Wyoming or Montana or wherever pick your favorite state in our hypothetical pick somewhere not in California you could call you could you could Call your brothers and your sisters and your uncles or whatever and say, hey, we're, we're going to the ranch. There's a home on the ranch now. Or if not, you'd, you could start building one. And that's where we're going to live. We're going to ride this out there. There's water on there. There's a greenhouse. or so we're going to build a greenhouse. And we're going to make a go of it there. Are you in or are you out? You could get 50 or 60 people and you could create a pretty good life for yourself if you had the knowledge and the seed resources to get started okay so that's kind of what uh james rawls patriots is about people who did that in advance of the societal collapse you're not gonna you're not going to you're not gonna just put out a craigslist ad to tell people to come visit you or to come join you right you're not you're not gonna do that but the the big the big uh difficulty is well when do these people quit their jobs when do they do? You, if you if you wait for the collapse, it's too late because you don't have anything set up, and you're well, that's learning, why we got to start making. Farm. You make these arrangements. So are you? I was willing to stop looking at media for one day. <laughs> are you, Bobby, willing to go out and start a ranch that we can come to? Heck yeah! Tomorrow. No, I don't. Quit have your a, job. I don't have a lot of those skills. I don't know anything about raising cattle. You need to learn though. Or grain. Yeah, you do need to learn. We do need to learn. We, we need to learn. Or you join with, like, with, with people who do have those skills. You, you would join with them. You would create an alliance, so what a should community. So what should peop- like-minded friends do? Should they say, hey, we're going to finance this one family to go live in the boonies and start put a foothold down for us? Start, start our Amish community? I don't know. I mean, See, I, I think that's that, the problem is how to get it started. Well, I think it starts with families. So like, like you and your brother right, or you and right. your... Where, where you wouldn't feel like, okay, I'm just paying for some random family t- to come and live on my land. So is your family But I mean, this is how that, every, that every, unified? This is how every 
every city in the West was established. A group of people were told, at least in, in Utah's history, go down there to that hellhole. De- deserty area. And build a life down there. Here's 10 other families that are going to go with you. So, and it worked and it didn't work. And it, but they had some funding and some, some, some resources, in that case, given to them by the church slash government. Yeah, it was the government. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm glad you said it that way. And then the, but there's yeah. so I I think that if you're willing to live a simple life free of a lot of the things we think are necessities, I think it could be done. Huh. <clears throat> so now it doesn't hurt if you already have money and land and you can build on it or are already building on it and making preparations. But you don't wouldn't have to be like this. Let's say, okay, we live in a neighborhood. Neighborhood that, uh, well, I'll stop right there. I was going to say that it has some unity problems, <laughs> some, <laughs> some political problems in our neighborhood. But let's imagine that what if we, what if we banded together with people here in the neighborhood and said, okay, we're going we're gonna to add in a little bit more communal type that's the whole idea behind an LDS ward, is that that's right. supposed to be, and they even call themselves the ward family and the bishop, the father of the but, family, and all this but crap. But where it stops is is like actually like like in a situation where okay, the neighbor down the street is going to provide food for these ten houses today. Like you know, we do these little things, like we have potluck dinners. Now, now imagine every meal is a potluck dinner, kind of, kind of an idea. Well, I do think a lot of them LDS that haven't really thought about it a lot are thinking that their bishop is going to arrange all the food. Some people have talked about how the, the ward is going to call everybody to bring their food storage to the chapel, and then they'll guard it there in the, yeah, on the basketball that's, court. You want to start a war. You tell everybody to bring their food storage well, to the I, chapel. I, I mean, you, I, those of you, I'd love to get some comments on the on the website about this. If you're, you know, if you're attending church and you know the people in your neighborhood, how well does this work with those personalities if the ward manages it? That's, a, that's an a honest question. question. Or how how well does it work at all? Even if it was a non-religious, just a group, you know, a neighborhood, a street decided do to you, do something like this. Do you want to know what the difference is between your elders quorum president and a hardened criminal? <laughs> okay. Nine meals. <laughs> three days without food. That's the difference. Well, possibly, yeah. I mean, when we get when we get hungry, that's H- when hunger, yeah. That's when stuff starts getting real. Yeah. That's when you, the But I'm worried that with this society stuff starts getting real when the internet goes off. Well, yeah. Or or, when my credit or you card can't go work. down to the Costco and get 40 pounds of toilet paper. Yeah, like we could we could go off and we could fire all of our guns at once and explode into space. Fire I mean, all of your guns at once and explode into space. That's pretty good. So there was a comment by some deputy transportation, someone or other, who said that the problems on the, the, with the shipping, the boats, 
are because people not enough people are vaccinated. He basically said, we're doing this on purpose until enough people get vaccinated, you stupid science-denying idiots. Okay. So Where are you going with this? Where I'm going with this is that these supply chain things, these problems, these shortages or whatever, might be on purpose. Not well, just the not just bad economics, but actually to take it all the way purpose, to the to take it all the way to the to ulti- try to hurt people right to take to take that all the way to the ultimate end. What Bobby is saying is that you think it's bad now. If it's on purpose, they could just completely shut it down. A flip of a switch, we lose the internet. Our banks don't work. You know, our credit cards don't work. Our and we've talked about that. We even had and water doesn't work. We even had an episode entitled "Internet Shutdown." Right, because I think that's coming. I think that, I think that in order to make it so that you can't get on the internet without their approval, that they're going to have to shut it down at some point. Right. A great reset. They're going to reset everything. This isn't just uh, like oh, a slow slide into communism or socialism. That they're. Just listen to their own words. No, the people that we are turned it off saying this. We turned it off, and if you want to get back on, you have to do. X, Y, Z. Or when, and when it does come back on, there's only going to be approved, trusted news initiative approved partners. So do we have to set up our own telecommunications infrastructure? Do we have to set up some no, that's sort what, of a... I, I don't know. That's what I, well, There's a lot of knowledge there. You've got some ham radio type things. But what I'm saying is we have to learn to live... Should we go analog? Without all of that and just have your community. And, and what's going on over in Nebraska or wherever, or New York City. The digital society is You don't kinda, know and, oh, well. The digital society is kind of cool, but we are analog uh, beings, right? You're not yeah. a digital being. You're a wave-based last analog year, being. Last year, I hiked in the mountains, and you this year, you did the same hike I did. And, did, you know, I had no idea what was going on in the outside world. And it was awesome. Um, we can live without 24-hour news cycles. We can live without checking our phones every 30 seconds. We, we did that before in the before times. I'm trying that right now. And I think we'll find that... I haven't had too many withdrawals, but I do find myself absentmindedly loading up certain websites going oh yeah. l- looking for news. I think a lot of what we do is... Absentmindedly. How many times a day do you pick your phone up and just kind of absentmindedly fiddle with it? I do it. I'm not even, uh, I don't even have an app open. I'm just looking at the home screen. Like, is there something I, I should be looking at this thing, right? Why am I not looking at this thing? But yeah, you're going to, we're going to, if it gets really bad in the sense that I don't mean like the road kind of bad, you know, where everything is destroyed. I just think bad in the sense that we you won't be able to move freely, think freely, speak freely, earn freely, spend freely without accommodating or or complying to all of this crap. And if you do try to separate yourself from society, you're going to have what you're going to have to understand what that means. It means no internet, no phone, no phone of any kind. It probably means no vehicle. Because how are you going to buy gas for it without, you know, your approved currency? And with you but on the blacklist. Do all of the electric vehicles they're selling, do they all have like uh, uplinks to some sort of a OnStar type of a system? 
Probably. I think most where vehicles... Where they can turn your, phone, your car off. I think off. most new cars nowadays have... They're so they're so heavily run and operated by computers. They have GPSs in them. They all come now standard with GPS navigation. Can you get elect an electric UTV? Yeah. Would that be linked in? Because I mean, if you have a a, a a solar panel bank, you could conceivably charge a an electric vehicle. Yeah, those aren't. You could have one of those. I mean, I'm not a big fan of electric vehicles, but that one thing alone. I've I've ridden one. They're in, they're independent of uh the oil refining system. Yeah, once they're not independent of a like a, a coronal mass ejection, a, an EMP event. Sure. But yeah, you could get one of those. They're they're expensive. Oh, you know what they used to do? They Who's used they? to use horses. <laughs> well, right. We, we could you could ride horses. You could walk. The thought occurs to but me. But <laughs> in that type of a scenario, why would you need to travel very far? You wouldn't need to travel more than 100 miles from your house. Well, what if you needed to move because of the roving armies? Well, at that point, then you're just on the run. You're and then the we run. are in a road situation. Because, see, that's, that's what that type of problem has characteristic, has plagued, that type of characteristic has plagued the world in general throughout history. Wars punctuate the history of societies. And... The United States, America, has been lucky to have avoided that kind of situation for a long time. It doesn't mean in the future we won't have that. I think we're, I think we are, naively uh, unaware. Well, I saw a headline the other day that Utah is getting almost eight hundred Afghan refugees here in the state. I don't know where they're going to live. I don't know what they will do. I don't know who's going to pay for their life. I mean, I know who. Taxpayers, you. obviously. But who are these people? Just because they're, quote, refugees doesn't mean that they're innocent. Doesn't mean that they're going to, not going to come here and cause problems. There was a Somali refugee that murdered a University of Utah football student, football player, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He has a criminal track record. He came to Utah, probably was living off the government as a refugee, and he's causing all kinds of problems. But we that, have thousands <clears throat> of refugees have just been spread out through the United States. That's a great Trojan horse if you were you think setting so? something up like that. I mean, it's a great mechanism for it. I'm not saying that th- those ones are a Trojan horse, but that's really great. Hey, look, we just sent, we just sent our enemy troops Mm-hmm. To every state in the country, and when they get the signal or whatever, yeah. But are they worse than somebody who is willing to take your guns? Who says you should turn in your guns if you want food? If you want food, you should no, take this, this vaccine. We don't care if you live or die. No, you, take wait, this vaccine or you can't eat. You you mean like the guys in Australia are doing right now? Yeah. Who's worse? See what you do though is you you have those people come first, and once everybody's disarmed and half starved then you unleash the trojan horse soldiers yeah and and then you can't fight back well as far as the mind virus show goes we're neither of us is uh saying that you know people from other countries are evil the question is what i'm saying is that's a great mechanism for delivering Foreign fighters. Foreign troops to the entire country. You know, there's the original movie, not the remake, the original Red Dawn. Right. Has Chinese and Russian 
or is it Cuban? Cuban. I think it's Chinese? Cuban and Russian. Yeah. Cuban and Russian. Yeah. They just parachute in one day. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that would work, at least not on in the interior. But what would work was sending them all out there, having the United States pay their way as refugees. I just see it as a further weakening of the social fabric. When you introduce people, and this isn't xenophobia, but when you introduce people who have different values or different ways of um, looking at the world, it changes the, f- the way your society operates. They expect different things. They do different things. Well, that's what happened in that, that Indian commune that came to that small Oregon town. It sort of became this clash of this little town and their sleepy values and kind of traditional way of life suddenly was was disrupted by all these hippies right by hippies and and you know vagabonds wanderers and it was this was like the i think the early 80s so society in general when it comes to that when it came to that sort of lifestyle was still pretty timid (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and it brings up an interesting that maybe uh, there's a there's a multi-part documentary called mm, something 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 and they i don't i i is it is it on these ranji shuprams yeah and it's more of a historical recap i wanted them to go more into the kind of the philo- philosophical ideas of what happens when a society is kind was of it called, was it called Oregon experience? No, it was called, it had a more wild, wild country. Yeah, that was it. Wild, wild country. It's on Netflix. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, when a society is drastically disrupted, there's going to be problems. And that's a really good way to drastically disrupt a society is to flood them with with outsiders yeah yeah that's and that's all we're saying here it's the you know the avalanche analogy that i've made before that you have a slope that is somewhat stable slope full of snow and you introduce something a disturbance you know whether it's more snow or a snowmobile or a skier jumps onto that slope and suddenly disturbs it there's a good chance that you'll the whole set off an avalanche, go. which yeah can can bring down the entire mountain. One of the, the maddening aspects of living in the time we're living in is how slow the controllers are moving. They're 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 moving fast, but they're moving slow, right? I think they are willing to take a a three to five to ten year plan, which we know they've announced relative to their Great Reset marketing on in in the, yeah, w, 20, the WEF. The WEF, yeah, they had an agenda 2021, but that didn't go fast enough. So I they've think reset to agenda 2030. Some people think Trump slowed that down. I don't know, but they have pushed it back to, I think the 2021 was probably implemented pretty well. You know what? Got, set, it set us up for the 2030. Well, I think they're having, to, they're having to move quickly. There's a point where they have to just fire all of their guns at once, right? They have to, right. they have to. They have to move ahead and um, take all that action that people find really, really objectionable. I think that what has slowed their march has been the internet and freedom of information that's been available. That's right. why you see them steadily attacking all the people who were the most prolific voices against the conspiracy, against the secret combinations, like Alex Jones. Love him or hate him, 
he has been consistent in the last 20 years trying to explain about the global conspiracy. Him right. and other people like him got deplatformed well before the coronavirus episode. Right. And then the coronavirus episode has been the excuse, and the January 6th episode was the excuse for them to censor regular people and call them domestic terrorists. So now they've made their move in the, in the grand chessboard and everybody else is trying to move back, but we don't have a coordinated move because we're not coordinated. So we have to deal with that actual reality, which is they have that kind of power. They can, they can take 20 or 30% of the population that's easily controlled via their status propaganda. You all know these people. And uh, the fact that you're your jobs are controlled and, and you've got to maintain some sort of a normalcy in your life, use that against you. And the fact that we don't have a unified resistance, and I'm not, I don't think Donald Trump was that unified resistance. He was kind of controlled opposition. You take all those fa factors together and we're, here we are discussing how do we have a society that is independent of their control. They've had a hundred years with the Federal Reserve note to create a control-based economy, one that's controlled by the U.S. dollar, one that's controlled by their taxation, one, one where their people are the heads of industries, their people are the heads of universities, their people are the heads of your religious institutions. Yeah, did you see the Pope recently? Yeah. Endorsing uh, Build Back Better and the yeah. Agenda 20-whatever. Yeah, let's just all be good global citizens. Let's, was, let's, let's get into this global, global love fest. He said something... He talked about the George Floyd riots were expressions of love and yeah and you know solid solitary solidarity 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 is what we were talking about. the only game he's playing. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I mean, and and this is something that we'll have to find his comments. I guess they were really un-Catholic, un-Christian type ideas that this is the pope right probably the most influential religious leader in the world at least the western world is making these comments and it's like okay he's gone he is complete he's not even pretending anymore he's endorsing the new, their agenda the new world order can we say that yeah yeah the thing is the world order has shifted without us really recognizing it many times. Sure. But this, this new world order, it has, it has been cemented. It's a global they, control mechanism. Yeah, they already have it set up. That's the problem is we're to the point where society is going to change dramatically. They may or may not accomplish their goals. I think through their own hubris, they are going to destroy this order that they have. I think that through their weather modification, <laughs> look, weather modification was for sure in the minds of most people just a crazy conspiracy theory until that video surfaced of the premier of Canada thanking the people for making it rain. And then we found, uh, I guess we're going to have to try, we're going to have to link to this, but we found some information about how here in Utah, we spend a couple hundred thousand dollars a year on cloud seeding. And weather modification. Right. We know that it occurred in, in China during the Beijing Olympics. They're open about it, right? So are we to the point where they're going to cause calamities by their own interference with natural forces? I mean, that, that could happen. 
then their interference with the the culture and the and the public causes a backlash. Oh, and their interference with natural immuni- immunity, with immunology, you know, they they whether whether it's benign or nefarious, these mRNA vaccines they they could either be a bioweapon or a hubristic accident that causes that overflowing scourge, that overwhelming sickness in the last days that's been prophesied of. It may be, it may be unintentional. It may be intentional. It doesn't matter. But the hubris of mankind is something that is talked about in the myths. It's discussed in literature quite a bit, but we never really recognize it until it's too late in our own society. We're always at the pinnacle. We're always above that. Warnings are always for the other people. Right. We are the other people. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, take take the warnings to heart. So little things that people can do. But uh, getting back to Kenny's comment, I mean, develop some handy skills. Learn how to make something or to repair something. Right, but uh, I think I think Kenny is like I think he's the type of guy that I know this person by the way. I think he is the type of guy that knows that he needs to have other skills. It's, it's, and you're right, you're right, Bobby, but we, we need to spend more time on this. Like we need to actually, people start need, I think they need to start making plans. Like we need yeah. to, we need to go beyond the theoretical right. and I, do something. I think lear- learning a different skill, I think is part of that plan. Because what I, what I mean is that in that type, when you bug out, even if you've got a place you can go that's stocked with, uh, you know, food and water and ammunition and, you know, you've got a nice bunker somewhere, you're still going to have to know how to repair stuff. You're going to have to know how to cook. You're going to have to know how to barter with people, have something of value. You're going to, maybe it might be learn, learning how to negotiate and to speak to people, conflict resolution. So when another guy shows up at your fence line or your bunker with a rifle pointed at you and you've got a rifle pointed at him, you don't end up shooting each other. I mean, there's right. We're, we're, just just we're, meeting your neighbors can can do a lot of a good along those lines. But what if what if it doesn't get to that point where you bug out? That's that's I think my biggest worry is that the society continues to slowly grind, slowly grinds on everybody well, just, and creates just, an just, underclass. It'll be fine when the pandemic ends. Okay, but you know, we I, I think we could it's dedicate two weeks to slow the spread. We could dedicate many more episodes to what to do here. I think we need to be a little bit more. One of the things that isn't happening that needs to happen is that we need to start talking about this in a larger scale within a community scale. So churches and city council meetings and people need to stop being afraid to talk about working together to stay alive and to stay healthy and to thrive during a a situation or a circumstance or a scenario where the top down controllers are trying to hurt us. Yeah, I think we need to be more specific as we go forward, more more constructive on some of these act ideas. Like, act like you want to live or else they're going to kill you. <laughs> Was it Alex Jones recently said that. To to some uh, more tech-oriented people. Yeah, he went on the Nerd Rod. Oh, yeah, you mentioned po- that. Podcast. Yeah. But that, it's, it's funny because it's Alex Jones and he's, he's waving his arms around when he <laughs> says it, but it's a good idea. Like, start act like acting you like live. you want to live or you're going to die. Well. I, you mentioned the city councils, you mentioned the local groups. Like I'm thinking of our city here. Most, I'd have to say 
probably half of our city's been vaccinated. You know, if that's the problem, if you've if you've got people that have bought into the vaccine lies, this is going to be hard to recover from. If they're not recognizing the damage that's been done to reality, this the, it's hard to recover from that because th- this uh, whole COVID thing has has, I think reintroduced a lot of people who were on the fringe back to the back to the matrix at least in my experience there've been there've been plenty of people who were like oh yeah the the news media on this particular issue is uh you know be- believable and then they start to believe them on all kinds of other things because now it's identity politics right well when joe joe rogan interviewed sanjay gupta and- yeah but how many people saw that right. a lot of people but how many people really not very many but he asked he brought up an interesting point. He he called, he said to Gupta, why is your network lying about me taking horse paste? And Sanjay Gupta had no answer. And then Joe Rogan, I wish he would have gone further down this road, but I guess Sanjay Gupta wouldn't have been the right guest for that. But he said, if they're lying to the people about a comedian taking horse paste, what are they telling us about Syria and Russia and everything he else? He said that? Yeah. Oh, good guy. And Sanjay Gupta just looked like a, a deer in the headlights. He had no answer for anything. It was really phenomenal interview in the sense that this is the guy that's supposed to be an expert on all things pandemic and vaccines and coronavirus. Had no good answers. Really had no good answers. Right. And then he went immediately after that back to CNN and, and repeated the lie. And repeated the lies. Yeah. He just. Don Lemon got up there and said, but it's used as a horse paste. Yes, it is. Like. Like, the, yeah, damage control. By the way, the Pope compared George Floyd to the Good Samaritan and said that the collective BLM movement in the, the protests after that murder or death were, were the, collective Samaritan, uh, you know, the collective Samaritan who is no fool. This, moment did not, this movement did not pass by on the other side of the road when it saw the injury to human dignity caused by an abuse of power. That's really egregious <laughs> but yeah everything's created to divide us right yeah divide and conquer that's what's going on I, and i think that's why they have the potential for creating the conditions in doctrine and covenant section 45 where it says the people that don't want to fight fight their neighbors have to flee to zion yeah like men taking up arms against each other we may have to fight our neighbors just to flee to zion <laughs> Just to get out of here. Just to get out of here. Something that we learned, you know, last year was how easy it would be to to lock us all in, you know, in this particular part of the world. Here in Utah, it'd be really easy to lock people into, you know, keep them into the in the in the Wasatch Front. The Wasatch Front you could lock down with, you know, ten or twenty Hummers and a few guys with guns, and no one could go. No one could leave couple of tanks. Uh, it's, we've got that threat now looming over our head of these COVID lockdowns. Well, that means lockdowns of any kind for any reason, whether it's climate lockdowns or whatever. That's now, that precedent's been set, and that's going to be tried. When, it's going to be really hard to leave when, they have, when you have to drive by a mil- military checkpoint with tanks with uh, instructions to shoot anybody that comes up on the road. So it could get really bad really quickly, which uh, is a sobering thought. 
It's a sobering thought. Well, I think we should table the discussion for another time and continue to talk about what makes a good society and what what uh, <coughs> specific things people can do to provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to themselves and their posterity. I, <clears throat> the, we're, you know, act like you want to live. Act like Act you like want to live. live, or else they're gonna kill you. Yeah, I think we're we're there, but it's it's a it's slow motion. It's like it's not tomorrow. They're not coming tomorrow, but they're coming. Yeah, they might be coming tomorrow. They might be coming tomorrow. I've gotten to a point where every morning I I look at the stock market expecting to see another collapse. When once you know for sure, it's already too late. Right. Right. Yeah, they tell you and. Bitcoin's up today. Bitcoin's up to like $63,000 a coin. Yeah. Where does that end? Are, are, do you, should we be focusing on that? There's a, there's a scripture in Ezekiel that says they threw their gold in the streets. They threw their silver in the streets and their gold could not deliver them. What does that mean? Is it the monetary system that breaks down? Could be. It could be that you just can't buy your way out of this. I think that that's what the the book of Revelation basically says about Babylon. Babylon, the great city, falls in an hour, and the merchants of the world stand afar back, and they mourn because no one buys their goods anymore. And what were they selling? They were buying and selling the the fine linens, the scarlets, the the fragrances, and all that finery. And then it says, and they trafficked in the souls of men. Yeah. I think we're kind of in the middle of that. We're like, but it could go down so fast. It could go down instantly. If uh, the minute people lose faith in the in the monetary system, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or or the minute that we're told our money is no longer allowed to be used, you know, dollar bills. Or or just prevented from just nope, we're only gonna take GovCoin now. And that could roll out. They're seeding that, you know, these what do they call them? Central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. And they're, they, you know, they're using all of the word salads to talk about how great they are, safe and secure and equality and inclusion and blah, 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 blah. Yep, yep, that might all be true, except they can turn them off and on at will. Right now, at least you have paper dollars that you can go down and buy most anything with paper dollars still, although more and more places are not accepting that. You might have noticed that. Due to the nationwide coin shortage. <laughs> which is just a headline and actually is not backed by any shortage whatsoever, but we've made you think that there is a nationwide coin shortage. Please pay with your card. Boy, I just want to read the, I want to read the section 45 of the Doctrine and Covenants to everybody. I don't know if I should. Do you know I read one time in in, in church, I read like um, 23 verses from the Book of Mormon during a, a fast and testimony meeting. Have you ever seen anybody get away with that? <laughs> I feel like I got away with something. I got up and I read several verses and it was kind of like, okay, when's he going to stop? When's he going to stop? I just kept going and going and going. And uh, You're going to read the whole section? Well, no, I guess, uh, let me, shall I read a few snippets here? Yeah, for I think, sure. I think Let's it's interesting because, this. okay, well, the Gentiles, who are the Gentiles, Bobby? Those are those California Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't fully adopted into the house of Israel. 
The Gentiles are us. The Gentiles, if you read the Book of Mormon, I think it describes the Gentiles coming across over the many waters and and uh, scattering the seed of Lehi. At least, so in, in Mormon scripture, the Gentiles are us. It's Western civilization. It's, it's what brought us the world that we have today. You know, why do the Chinese wear Western business suits? They've got beautiful, rich cultural heritage, and they're running around wearing business suits. What a bunch of dummies. Right. Uh, who wants to wear a freaking business suit? Why does everybody wear a business suit? I'm surprised the Catholic Pope still wears the, the garb that he wears. But, you know, you know, realize that's a vestige of ancient Rome. Right. And the Roman uh, officials that the Catholic Church picked up on. So now, now all of our, if you're important, you wear a business suit. Well, anyway. Which are super uncomfortable. Talking about... <laughs> Who foisted upon us the tie, the cravat, the French? That's horrible. It's horrible. Why do you have to wear a tie? Okay. Okay, back to the... the... Doctor and Covenant section 45. I'll pick it up in verse um, 26, because it's talking about essentially the founding of America. Or it's, it's, in the, it's in that area there, I think. And it says that in that day, verse 26 shall be heard of wars and rumors of wars, and the whole earth shall be in commotion. So this is when the, when the Industrial Revolution is about to come in, right? The British Empire, the, 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 the world had become a lot smaller. There was shipping, there was exploration going on, the new world had been found. The whole earth shall be in commotion, and men's hearts shall fail them, and they shall say that Christ delayeth his coming until the end of the earth, and the love of men shall wax cold, and iniquity shall abound. And when the time of the Gentiles has come in, that's this is the post-Renaissance modern Western society. When it's come in, a light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness, and it shall be the fullness of my gospel. This is talking about the restoration of the gospel. Okay, this is talking about the restoration that was attempted by Joseph Smith, which we, as LDS, purport to be carrying on. But I think we're missing some of the main points. Because it says, they receive it not, for they perceive not the light, and they turn their hearts from me because of the precepts of men. So we turn from God because of the precepts of men. Is that the trusted news initiative? <laughs> Is that the uh, Sanjay Guptas of the world? I mean, the wise and thoughtful government leaders and experts, you know, medical professionals that are not censored, right? What are the precepts of men? And in that generation shall the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Okay, so when the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled, that's when that Western society loses its influence. Okay, could it be possibly that the end point was the massive debacle of the Afghanistan, the Afghanistan withdrawal that just occurred? Because remember, the, t- the Gentiles are the Western society. The, the Anglo, I'll call them the Anglo-American establishment is the, how we'd group these people. They, they're mucking around in world affairs. In, in the, they're involved in a land war in Asia for the last 20 years, right? 20 years. Inconceivable. They fell for one of the classic blunders. <laughs> they leave precipitously. So precipitously that the president, the, the, the puppet president, bails immediately with $87 million in cash, can't even carry it all. He leaves some on the tarmac, or was it $187 million? It was a lot I, of I can't money. Remember. It was a lot of money. He leaves. 
I and mean, has yet to be. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. He's just he's gone. in Dubai. He, we don't know where he is. He leaves. They leave eighty. They leave something like a hundred eighty-five billion dollars. We don't know how much military equipment they left. And now you can buy the U.S. military equipment at like local street markets in Afghanistan. It literally looks like the movies where you can buy this stuff on the open market. American-made goods, a hundred or eighty. Five billion at least. I saw something awesome and terrible. It said that oftentimes a, a an elderly person will pass away shortly after their their significant other, mm-hmm. which explains the death of Colin Powell because recently his, the love of his life, the Afghan War, also oh, passed geez. away. <laughs> That's harsh. <laughs> That is harsh, Bobby. Hey, I I just repeating what I saw. Okay, I said it was awesome and terrible. Okay, well, anyway, the the point is that the the East, the the Chinese, and the Russians recognize the power vacuum. Right, mm-hmm. they're the main superpowers: Eurasia, East Asia, whatever you want to call these guys. They're the main superpowers. Is the time of the Gentiles fulfilled? It says, in that generation shall the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. I personally think we're there. I think it's very clear that Western society has been destroyed not is being destroyed but it has been destroyed and we are only witnessing the symptoms of that destruction now okay we're witnessing the evidence that we've been destroyed there's a cleanup going on and then get this there shall be men in verse 31 standing in that generation that shall not pass until they shall see an overflowing scourge for a desolating sickness shall cover the land. Let me unequivocally state that that was not the coronavirus. Right. Not last year. Not the one that only killed less than 1% of the people that got it. But it could easily be the uh, sickness, lack of wellness, the uh, diseases that are resultant to the sh- our changes in how we view health, how we how we operate as a society, and now all the vaccines and chemicals and things we're taking into our bodies, that could cause it. Our our own hubris, I think, will cause that scourge, and we could see the start of that. We could be seeing that right now. But my students, my disciples, shall stand in holy places. That's what the word disciples mean. Discipulus in Latin, mathetes in Greek. A disciple is a student of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Not a dogmatic follower, a student. They shall stand in holy places and shall not be moved. But among the wicked, men shall lift up their voices and curse God and die. And there shall be earthquakes also in diverse places and many desolations. Oh, was there an earthquake last year in a diverse place? No. Yet many will harden their hearts against me and they will take up the sword one against another and they will kill one another. Okay, and then he gives the parable of the fig tree. His disciples were troubled. All right. He says, it shall come to pass that he that feareth me shall be looking forth for the great day of the Lord to come, even for the signs of the coming of the Son of Man. And they shall see signs and wonders, for they shall be shown forth in the heavens above and in the earth beneath. And they shall behold blood and fire and vapors of smoke. Well, the vapors of smoke is kind of interesting. We've had a lot of smoke that I don't remember that as a kid. Right. Almost every summer now, there's like weeks of, you know, 
hunt, hunting this last year, and then especially last year when I hiked that uh, that uh, backpacking trip, you couldn't see very far. It's a misty, eerie, smoky right. landscape. Hunting this year the same way for a little while yeah. until the rains moved. When we, when we went through that same area, we saw all the burnt out wreckage of the forest fires that were going on when you were out there. Mm-hmm. It was this sort of apocalyptic landscape. We almost had to be escorted off the hill. There were people in an adjacent canyon that were being airlifted out of the because of the forest fire. We were far enough from it, and we Mm -hmm. were going away from it. That, Mm -hmm. that, but we ran into some rangers who were making sure we didn't go down this trail, and it it wasn't the route we were going to go on anyway. But we kind of joked, we're like, "Well, we'll we'll just go down there," and they they got very serious for a minute. No, you won't. (laughs) It's like, hey, we're just. You guys are statists. Stop you're, it. You're just taking this really seriously. The fire is 15 miles away, and we're yeah. just making banter. That stuff can move fast. It can. And, yeah. and, and, and I appreciate them taking the, you know, the, the, yeah. the rescue operation was actually pretty cool. And, and you think about what these guys are capable of doing and latching people onto ropes and things and kind of airlifting them out of there. Right. Well, anyway, the vapors of smoke, we know there have been tons of forest fires, strange, strange happenings, right, that are going on, uh, wonders in the heavens. We often think that we're going to see, like, massive asteroids or light shows or something like that. you got to understand how the ancients looked at the sky. They had the constellations named. They, they had personalities. They had a story that was told in the in the movements of the skies. And so something like the grand conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn last year would have be, been considered a wonder in the skies. A few years back, Jupiter was in Virgo doing some interesting things, and it was uh, a wonder in the sky. We don't, we don't think in those terms. We, we think in a very much Hollywoodized, Hollywoodified type of a mindset but they had a what we would call astrology they had astrological understanding of the heavens and the earth that is different than than the way we see it so i think we're seeing certain wonders certain convergences that haven't occurred we most certainly are at at the brink of the age of aquarius and uh the former age pisces so that to them would be a new heaven and a new earth occurs every year when you have the uh, equinox, cycling of the equinox and solstices and get back to the, to the spring equinox. That's just technically what a new heaven and a new, new earth is. When you change ages, that's a new heaven. When you change the year, the four corners of the earth cycle, and there you are with a new earth. Well, uh, before the day of the Lord shall come, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall be turned into blood and the stars fall from heaven. And the remnant shall be gathered unto this place. And then it talks about the coming of the Lord. Um, it, it cycles back after kind of going through the, those final final events, the coming of the Lord and the wrapping up scene. But he, in verse 60, he kind of, he kind of reiterates and he says, I say unto you, it shall not be given unto you to know any further concerning this chapter until the New Testament may be translated. And in these things shall, and in it, all these things 
shall be made known. Wherefore I give unto you now, or wherefore I give unto you that ye may now translate it, that ye may be prepared for the things to come. For verily, verily, I say unto you that great things await you. And so he reiterates here. And so I want to get back to this again. He says, you hear of wars in foreign lands, but behold, I say unto you, they are nigh, even at your doors. And not many years hence, ye shall hear of wars in your own lands. Well, that occurred. They had, the, they had the civil war, but that also applies to us. He said, gather ye out from the eastern lands, assemble yourselves together. Right? Purchase up these lands. We were just talking about going to a place of safety. Purchase up these lands. And he, and he talks about Zion. And, and he says, uh, it will be a place called the New Jerusalem, a land of peace, a, a city of refuge, a place of safety for the saints of the Most High God. And the glory of the Lord shall be there, and the terror of the Lord shall be there also, inasmuch that the wicked will not come unto it, and it shall be called Zion. Okay, so now that's what we aspire to. I'm not saying that we're going to form it just by buying some property or whatever, but God will bring that situation. There's sort of an interim transitional phase that people have to go through to get to that point. And whatever that is, Hopefully, if you're looking for it, God will make manifest unto you what you should do with you and your family, and, and uh, you'll know what, it, what type of steps to take. We know it's not take. Salt Lake City, because it said the wicked shall not come unto it. <laughs> what, what, here's what it says. It says, it shall come to pass, this is verse 68, among the wicked, that every man that will not take his sword against his neighbor must needs flee unto Zion for safety. And there shall be gathered unto it out of every nation under heaven, and it shall be the only place that shall not be at war one with another. So, I, wanted, I just wanted to bring that out because war is coming. It just seems like war is coming, and it sounds like the war is not just between nations, but, but, but amongst people. And, and it may be like this multifaceted. Yep, there's going to be swords and guns and arms, but it, also, it's a war of the of the mind. It's a spiritual mm-hmm. war, and it's already. I think it's already here. We're, we're we are at war right now, and we need to create affinity with like minded people. Look, we need to create peace with with each other. Right. And it, it, this Zion idea could be metaphorical. It could. It, I think it's both literal and metaphorical. But there is a statement in the. Uh, I can't remember where it is in the probably in the Pearl of Great Price that Zion. This is Zion, the pure in heart. It could be the Doctrine and Covenants. Zion is the pure in heart. Uh, interestingly enough, there's a statement in the movie Thor Ragnarok that talks about the Asgardians, which are supposed to be the the inhabitants of heaven, and it says Asgard is a people, not a place. Right. right. Well. Zion is both a people and a place, but it is a people, and it can exist. I think independently in in multiple locations if God allows it to do that and if the people are willing to, to be that. And so we can, I think we need to be all, all be thinking about it, praying about it. What, what are the things we need to do to be those people that can avoid having to take up arms against their neighbors? But also have a gun <laughs> but also survive well what what are you going to beat what what will you beat into a plowshare because that's what happens in zion is they beat, right. the, beat their swords into plowshares if you don't have an ar-15 what are you going to beat into a plowshare you got to have you got to have something to cover your retreat that's true 
Right. Well, there's a transition. There's a lengthy. There's a lengthy amount of stuff that happens here that we don't think about. We just read those scriptures and we think, oh, rapture. We're gonna other people. No. That'll happen to other people. Yeah. No. If it's us, we should be starting to think about it. You know, act like you want to live. Act like you want to live, or else they're gonna kill you. Yep. Act like you want to live. <clears throat> well, it's been a good discussion. Thank you, uh, Kenny, for setting us down this path. I think. It's a reoccurring theme for us, right? To come back to what makes a good society, what makes a Zion society. And the way things are going in the world, we may end up having to put our money where our mouth is and actually create a Zion society. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that should be the title of this episode. Put your money money where your mouth is. I know a good good place out in the West Desert where I don't... Never mind. That's next to the Dugway Proving Grounds. <laughs> it could be that it'll they have to be. They don't call it the Dugway Proving Grounds anymore, do they? I don't know what they call it. I rode my bicycle out there, and uh, you're still well. I went out there and thought, "Well, I'll swing by." There's a gas station or like a convenience store in Dugway. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's all uh, gone. No, it's there, but they don't. That's military base. Oh, you can't. Like the, yeah, there's chain fences and there's armed like yeah, you don't you don't go to you don't go to Dugway. That's on the base. So did you need to get in or did you have to no, cycle for another fifty miles? I, I had I had Water? stuff. I was kind of yeah, but you know I was fine, but I didn't realize it that it was all chained off. Like it's oh, wow. I just thought it was another little Utah town where where a lot of military people lived because of the base there. But, but no, no it's, it's, it's all under base, lock yeah. and key. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, thanks again, Kenny and the other commenters. We appreciate you guys. Uh, we are going to meet again next week. Yeah. Unless the apocalypse uh, ratchets up or we get unless, canceled. Unless we have finalized our plans <laughs> <laughs> based on this thought-provoking discussion. But uh, look, we've been told, we've been told our, whole, our whole existence as Latter-day Saints to be prepared. And, uh, for something like this, I don't, for this very thing. Yeah, I don't think that that was just uh, a talking point. So I hope you're prepared, and I hope you, you can still get more prepared. I think we can all be more prepared. Um, but I think one of the ways to do it is to become intellectually and philosophically prepared and to become prepare independ- those around you. Intellectually and philosophically independent of, yeah, the, recognize the lies. of the machine. Recognize the lies. Once you recognize that pretty much everybody is lying to you. It's a lot easier to recognize and I think be in tune with the truth. And I do, a, I think Jordan's onto something with a media fast. I, I only get my media mainly from Twitter because it gives me good, uh, <laughs> good uh, things to reference and talk about good, here good on things the show. To reference. <laughs> good things to reference. You know, it's, it's good fodder for the show, you know, keeping up with some, some current events, but it's also an interesting, it, it it's, it's like standing up on a ledge and watching below, watching a slow motion train wreck that's also has a plane crash that also yeah. is collapsing beneath the into an earthquake volcano chasm or something. Yeah. It's, Wait, it's here's a, pra- a little bit of practical advice. I thought that uh, I, I heard Catherine Austin Fitz make a statement in an interview she did a long time ago. I'm not going to try to find it. I'll just relay the the meat of the advice here at the end of our podcast. She was she had a consulting client, somebody that was she was consulting with, they were paying her for advice, and she advised this person, this woman, 
during the 2020 election to not spend more than like nine hours or something looking at election coverage. And we could, we don't need to be fully disconnected. I'm, I'm, I've, you know, quickly gotten up to speed on some of the headlines here on Zero Hedge. It's, it's what was, you know, what it was yesterday times two, right, you know, right. where it's just the same silliness that's going on. And so I, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't check in, but you can't let it control you. I think I am going to try to, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, shock myself out of it or, or cold turkey, get a little bit more disconnected. But she, she gave this advice to this woman that, you know, only spend nine hours on the, on the election. A you day, right? Nine hours a day. <laughs> yeah, in total. And take the time you probably would have spent looking at the news, looking into the, the issues, and do something. Tell me right now what you're going to do. And the, and the woman decided to build a greenhouse. And she has a great greenhouse that she built instead of spending the time getting sucked into the media. And we could all use that, follow Wake that advice. I think that would be helpful. do something more than dream of your election coverage above. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we could all take that advice. I like that. Whatever it is that you, you have to do. I mean, talk to God about it. Talk to your family about it, your wife, your husband, whatever. But take a little bit of extra time out well, of when you would be fixating the, on what you shouldn't be. Part what, of the what you could part be. of the power structure, the 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 currency of power is our broken brains and bodies. If you're happy and you're healthy and you're productive, and they have no power over you, and and that is a small act of resistance, and it will slow whatever this is. It will slow it down. And the more people who are happy and healthy and independent, the harder it is for this to to all come crashing down on us. So. Be happy well, and healthy. I look forward to all your ideas. I know we're going to get 100 comments on the website. Please give us some ideas about things we could be doing in lieu of you know, getting sucked into the news and getting sucked into the negativity. I know, again, I don't want you to be unaware, but you can probably r- ration that out rather than letting it distract you from... Ration it out like I, the... Bread lines. I'm saying that to myself. I can ra- <laughs> ration my news coverage. No, I, I know it's it's it. I think that's part of the poison and part of the trap is to get us glued to these screens, feeling yeah. It's not angry just... and we we've had conversations, Jordan and, and myself, where we're both just down in the dumps because we spend too much time preparing preparing for the mind the, virus or, podcast. No, yeah, or, or, well, no, but just but just, <laughs> just getting like depressed, feeling down like there's no, like yeah. There's like there's nothing we can do to stop this. Well, there is, and it starts starts at you know with yourself right. and your own mind and your own body and your own uh, family. You know, I'm not just talking about uh, news coverage. There's social media too, right? Ask yourself how much time are you really spending? Get off of it. Yeah, listening, worrying about what other people are saying, get, listening to things that are take you know taking you away from what probably we ought to all be working on, which is how do we figure out how to be to extricate ourselves from what's happening and be more of an independent and build real community. Right. Well, okay, everybody. Good talking you. to you today. Thanks for listening. Uh, my name is Bobby Flood. I'm Jordan Bruno. We are the MindVirus.show. Visit us on the web and everywhere you find your podcasts. Brought to you by Pfizer. And uh, we will be signing off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> MindVirus.show. Find us on the web. 
We don't make any money on this. Brought to you by Pfizer. If you have any good ideas about how we can monetize this podcast, please let us know. The vaccine is safe and effective. Brought to you by Pfizer. Share it with your friends. That, you know, we're just hoping to have an effect uh, for good to help people disconnect from the false reality. That's what we're hoping for. Thanks, everybody. We will see you again next week.